Standby. Hello, this is Penn Jillette. The possibility exists that if I were to actually listen to the lackadaisical Librocubicularist podcast featuring host Jordan Maywood, I would potentially enjoy it. A ringing endorsement. Potentially enjoy this episode, which will start after the other half of my magical comedy duo, Teller, gives us a countdown. Take it away, Teller. Hello! Welcome to the Libro Cube. My name is Jordan Maywood, and I am the Lackadaisical Libro Cuber I am speeding very fast! Yeah, just sometimes for a sense of exhilaration, get her up to about 120. Yep, 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 yep. You gotta know where the cops will be hiding, though, I tells ya. I'm, uh, yeah, okay. Anyways... Ignore all that and listen to this. Today is Movie Monday within the Libercube, which means I should say that there will be spoilers. I should say that for the reason that there will be spoilers. So, that statement should, for all intents and purposes, cover my ass against anyone be crying spoilers. That's what it should do. Another thing I quite often say at the top of every show is that if you like what you hear, the only payment I ask is a million dollars. <laughs> no, that is ridiculous. The only payment I ask is perhaps you pass the podcast on to a friend. Perhaps you rate, subscribe, and comment within iTunes as that is what helps others find podcasts. It is what helps them grow. Primarily, I would say, the passing on of them, but do not negate the importance of rating, subscribing, and commenting within iTunes. That is also important. But passing it on, saying, hey, you, listen to this. Please do so. That is my only form of payment, as I have indicated. That said will, of course, take us into our last piece of podcast-related business, which is today's sponsor, which is Hobbit Stock, colon, One Ring of War and Music. So, once again, today's sponsor is the music festival Hobbit Stock. One ring of war and music. So, that is the sponsor. I'm just going to move on and not talk of that any further. Move on into our next, or rather first, oh boy, movie, which is Woodstock, colon, Three Days of Peace and Music. Huh, interesting. This, uh, it's kind of a little bit of a cop-out. I think that if someone sort of bolted me to a chair and started plucking my fingernails and said, What is your favorite movie? Well, first, that would be very strange of them to do so. But if they absolutely made me, I would probably just say this movie. Just for the reason that it's too hard to pick a favorite movie. I've got sort of a rotating top ten of movies that sort of move in and out and you could ask me on one day, and the list will be different than, than the next. So you never really know, because it's too difficult to do 
a absolute favorite movie. Your favorite's going to depend on your mood and, and things of that nature and just lots of lots of variables that uh, it's an unfair question. So I kind of use this as my default if someone absolutely makes me answer this question, which I try to wiggle out of usually successfully, I will just say this movie because it's a movie that no matter what your mood, at least it's going to have some pretty friggin' awesome music in it. And it's an interesting movie and blah, 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 hippies. So, uh, what I did was something I've done probably three or four times now, usually not two years in a row, but sometimes years in a row, and that is, on my birthday weekend, I will get drunk and watch this movie. Kind of a little birthday treat to myself. So that is what I did on my birthday weekend, which was uh, a couple weekends ago. This uh, this episode, because I am ahead a little bit as far as my recordings of episodes, uh, was uh, in the hopper, let's say, for a little bit. Just for a little behind-the-scenes action. Anyways, uh, it's kind of hard to talk about this movie without doing like research and going into a great amount of detail. So I have decided that I'm not really going to talk too, too much about it other than to say, if you like the music of the, the, the decade in which Woodstock it was, then uh, you're going to like this movie. It's a kind of documentary style, um, a little bit, probably more akin to just a recording of a concert with uh, some behind-the-scene action shots as well. I suppose it does, in between showing some of the acts that played at Woodstock, uh, gets into the crowd and talks to them more than happens in other films, other concert movies. Uh, I know my dad's a huge, huge fan of concert movies, but uh, to be 100% honest with you, I think this is the only one I've ever watched, is this one. And my desire to see other ones is not huge, so that's kind of curious. I think because it's like a nice variety, it's got a whole bunch of different acts, and it's not 100% music 100% of the time. Not that I have anything against music. Ooh, you know what? That statement I just made is a, is a pretty good tease for what I do believe, but don't want to set in stone, will be my episode 300 extravaganza spectacular music thing that I'm going to record. Uh, I'm not going to say any more than that. Just know that uh, I think things will be in the works uh, as far as recording of that this weekend. And then this is, I think, episode 270 maybe. So still got a little ways to go before uh, I will be posting episode 300. Mm. Anyways, anyways, we're not here to talk about episode 300. We're here to talk about these two movies that I brought back on this movie Monday, Woodstock. Uh, you got a little Richie Heavy. Little Richie Havens to start it out, <laughs> who I like. The missus was not a fan of his long fingernails. I should mention, had a couple people over and watched this movie, so there was some uh, color commentary throughout while I was trying to watch it. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, the good thing about this movie as well is that you can easily just put it on when you have company and let it play and then sort of talk with one another while it's playing in the background, sort of perfect. It's actually probably the perfect movie to do that. To have it on, and yet 
not sort of interfere with your conversations and stuff, because it's basically kind of uh, music in the background, and yet visuals as well when, say, you want to have a boo at what's going on. Good, uh, good stuff. Uh, the Who, good. Joe Cocker. Joe Cocker, I think, emphasized this movie pretty good as well, as far as uh, how likely a lot of the performers, and definitely a lot of the people in the audience, were just high as fuck. Just oozing highness and drugs dripping out of their very pores. And uh, I think Joe Cocker's uh, performance probably exemplifies that pretty well, pretty well. Little uh, Crosby, Stills, and Nash, who I think was my favorite performance. Or maybe not necessarily performance so much as uh, my favorite song singers. Uh, big fan of them. When Neil Young joined them, didn't hurt, didn't hurt. Sly and the Family Stone, that's a good, good, some good party tunes. Janis Joplin, who, uh, it's kind of strange, because I would consider myself a Janis Joplin fan, but she sang a couple of songs in this movie that, like, we fast-forwarded through, because they weren't, uh, weren't doing it for me, or my guests, for that matter. And then, to round it all off, you got yourself a little Jimi Hendrix. Jimi Hendrix just... I don't think anyone... Yeah, okay, let me throw out a statement about Jimi Hendrix that is true for me, and that is, out of any single musician that I have ever heard play, just period, none have giz given me as consistent... a consistent amount of goosebumps over how amazing their playing is, as has Jimi Hendrix. Period. Just uh, mind-boggling to see him play, let alone hear him play. Crazy, crazy. Highly recommend Woodstock, colon, Three Days of Peace and Music. And I, I, you know what? The other thing is, of this movie, I kind of like the whole hippie vibe. That whole love one another and don't kill each other. That's always nice as well. Okay, moving on into movie the second, which is the second in a trilogy. Coincidence? Yes. It is The Hobbit, colon, The Desolation of Smaug. Smaug. Uh, yeah, finally watch this. Probably for someone like myself who should watch these movies in the theater. But uh, I'm kind of a little down on the theater. It's not... The big screen is amazing. But every single other part of the movie-going experience I don't really care for. So, uh, just sit closer to your home TV screen. I think more than makes up for any enjoyment you might have over the giant screen. Huh? That is my theory. So, if you are unfamiliar with this, what have you been under a rock? I read the book The Hobbit, and... <laughs> Uh, just to say that sentence and then talk about this movie, they basically have almost virtually nothing to do with one another. That's not necessarily a bad thing, but it's not necessarily a good thing either. Like, Lord of the Rings had quite a bit different as well, but not nearly as much as this did. Uh, that being said, I'm going to give this movie a 5 out of 5. Oh, uh, just on the note of Woodstock, 5 out of 5 as well, obviously. Obviously. Okay, back to The Hobbits. Yeah, uh, it is an amazing movie. There's there's no denying that. If you are a nerd who is into fantasy at all, this is going to be in your friggin' 
best movies of all time list. There, there's sort of no denying that. And I am going to be in that category as well. So I should just, you know, say that and leave it at that as far as ratings are concerned. So the movie starts out uh, a year before the events of the first movie. Gandalf is meeting up with Thorne in a bar. And uh, it's kind of just showing how the events that we have witnessed so far sort of set off in motion in this bar meeting. And I, and I like that little, uh, little behind-the-scenes little flashback, if you will. Then it hops ahead a year or so to the company being pursued by orcs. Goddamn orcs. Specifically, uh, I wrote down the orc's name, uh, Azog. Oh yeah, that's a, he's, he's a bad orc, as far as orcs go. Also, sort of simultaneously, being uh, pursued, hunted, whatever you want to call it, by a Bjorn, which is a sort of half-man, half-bear creature. We've got a little uh, trip into the Mirkwood. I like a good, uh, a good haunted, evil, oozing with badness wood forest. Uh, I can't think of an example, and the examples are innumerable and shit. Probably, primarily I have read of uh, an evil forest where it hasn't gotten really exciting, and this is no exception. Uh, I'm kind of close to home, close enough that I'm finding it very, very easy not to spoil things, so I'm just kind of giving you some broad strokes of this movie as a whole. Broad strokes like... I suppose there's kind of, sort of, kind of, sort of too many dwarves. When it's the, when you're reading the book, I think it's easier to keep track of them. Definitely as far as names, because the names are always well written down right in front of your face. Whereas here, uh, I can't keep track of who is who half the time. That doesn't ruin the experience. I just think it, it it's, makes it more difficult. Certainly, I imagine for the writer's point of view to keep a track where everyone is at any given moment. There's a good, uh, a good, there's a good, uh, barrel, dwarves and barrels running down a river scene. That made me think that this movie can quite easily be turned into, like, a ride. So you are in the role of dwarves and barrels. The dwarves and barrels ride, they would call it, presumably. I might even call this episode the dwarves and barrels ride because that is amusing to say. Please, for the love of God, say it yourself. Dwarves and Barrels Ride? Dwarves and Barrels Ride? It's fun, I assure you. Uh, there's a whole sort of section in this where Gandalf basically goes and does a side quest, so uh, the video game player in me sort of like that idea of, oh, you know what, I'm just going to go for a little bit, ignore this main quest, and do a little side quest on my own. <laughs> very much had that feel. The, of course, uh, highlight, yeah, maybe, uh, is Smaug himself, voiced by Benedict Cumberbatch. Something that I found interesting on that is I have heard Benedict Cumberbatch speak, and I didn't quite recognize his voice as this. I think they did. They, they must have done a little something where he disguised it a little bit. It seemed a little bit not him-like. I don't know. It, you know what, I'm curious, did anyone else find that? The interaction between Smaug and uh, Bilbo was very reminiscent of what I remember from the book. 
So I, I did like that. It stuck to the story. As far as their interaction talking with one another, which I think is a good idea to take some of the the actual speech from the book and put it in this movie. I do believe, again, long time since read book. One thing I was a little surprised about is that where they decided to end this movie. There was, as far as this movie is concerned, not a lot in the way of conclusions as far as pretty much anything. It's uh, it's raised many more questions and sort of open-ended, questy things than answered anything from the previous. For example, Smaug, Smaug is on his way to a nearby village, uh, I forget what the village is called, to, you know, destroy the shit out of it. Destroy the shit out of it, as a dragon does. And that's sort of where we're left with our cliffhanger. And a hell of a cliffhanger it is, I tells ya. Uh, very, very curious how the whole thing is going to turn out. And you can imagine, probably fairly easily, that the next Hobbit movie will make an appearance on a movie Monday within the Liberal Cube. That is a for sure. For sure. Folks, uh, I managed not to spoil that, really, at all, for the most part, right? Question mark? I can't hear you. This is a podcast, one-way conversation only. I will say to you, because you can hear me, though, that... Oh, boy. It is nice to be nice to the nice. Thank you for listening. We here in the Liberal Cube would love to hear from you. If for any reason you would like to contact us, you can do so via the email address, mailwood.jordan at gmail.com. And now I have a theory. I've got a theory that it's a demon, a dancing demon. Something isn't right there. I've got a theory. The best is yet to come, and babe, won't it be fine? You think you've seen the sun, but you ain't seen it shine. Wait till the warm-up's underway. Wait till our lips have met. Wait till you see that sunshine day You ain't seen nothing yet The best is yet to come and be Won't it be fine? The best is yet to come, come the day you're mine Live long and prosper